Hey everyone, this is Dr. Michael Bruce, the Sleep Doctor, and I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. It's time for another productive conversation. This one with someone who's been on the program before, and I'm really excited to have him back, Dr. Michael Bruce. He is the sleep doctor, and he is a clinical psychologist and both a diplomat of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and a fellow of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. Uh, Dr. Bruce, he's been in practice for 23 years. He's been featured on the Dr. Oz Show more than 40 times, writes regularly for Psychology Today, and was recently named the top sleep specialist in California by Reader's Digest. He's the author of three Amazon bestsellers, The Power of When, which is a book I refer to quite a bit, The Sleep Doctor's Diet Plan, and Beauty Sleep. And now, of course, he has co-authored Energize with Stacey Griffith. We talk about chronotypes and exercise, and we geek out about all that stuff. And I even reveal the type of power profile that I am and maybe what I should do along the way. You're going to want to sit back, relax. Don't fall asleep, though. Um, That's not what this is all about. Sit back, relax, enjoy this conversation with Dr. Michael Bruce, the sleep doctor. Let's start that productive conversation now. Dr. Bruce, Mike, Michael, thanks for coming back. I really (laughs) really look forward to this conversation. All of them, all of them. Although, when you say Michael, like I've said this before, when I, uh, I've had a few Michaels on the show. It's like whenever someone says Michael to me, I'm always feel like I'm in trouble. Like it just feels like, <laughs> what? What did I do? Whereas that's just the way, just the way it goes for me. How have you been? I've been excellent. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be here. Um, things have been going great. Um, it's been a while since we've had an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to chit chat a bit. Um, I have a new book out. I'm excited to tell you about that. Uh, I know you've been able to take a good look at that. And, you know, there's this thing called the pandemic that's been going on that seems to be messing up everybody's sleep. So uh, I've been I've had my hands pretty full uh, teaching people how to sleep during a pandemic that that in and of itself has been quite interesting. Yeah, it's it's funny. You know, I I was steering away from pandemic talk on the podcast for quite some time. And initially it was because it wasn't quite a moment in time that it's become, you know, it was very much a, right. uh, a polarizing blip on the radar, but now that it's literally like a moment in history, like it's, it's been what, as, as of this recording, it's been nearly, we're coming up to like 20 months now at this point, yep. um, you know, in, yeah, in terms like of, and, and so it's no longer like a, you know, Oh, this was a blip on the radar. It was like, no, this is a particular moment in time. And it's a moment in time that's going to have rippling effects and residual effects for quite a while. Well, what was interesting to me was was became the largest sleep social experiment I've ever seen, because when people got sheltered in place, they no longer had a commute. So they changed their wake up times. And all of a sudden, everybody started flip flopping back and forth. Some people getting up early, some people getting up late. Caffeine consumption went through the roof. Alcohol consumption went through the roof. Um, and, and I would argue that this is actually the perfect time to fix your sleep um, because you've got that latitude. You know, my thing is chronotypes, um, as you've talked about before. And this was the absolute opportunity to really, you know, kind of double down on your chronotypical swim lane and be able to be in it uh, because of the flexibility that so many people have now with their careers. I was hopeful uh, that people would change their sleep in a positive way. But unfortunately, um, it's taking a little while to get that message out there. So I wanted to thank you, Mike, for helping me get that message out there uh, during this time when people can really kind of hem it in and, and learn more about their sleep. 
Well, what's interesting is I think that people overcorrect it too. Like they're, like they're still navigating this to a degree. So it's funny. <laughs> the conversations I've had around productivity and work and remote work and all that stuff is is mm. some of this stuff, like the the idea of, and, and this is directly related to the new book Energize that you've, you've co-authored, um, is this idea that you can leverage your energy better in a remote work setting if, if, if allowed to. I think some of this stuff was going to happen anyways. I think it's accelerated. So for example, right. the people that were having the Monday morning meetings because that's you were there and that's where you had to do it. Now all of a sudden some asynchronous stuff happens so it's more of a check-in. So now the people that are like us, which are wolves, can really do that deeper work later in the day because it's not so much a time-oriented outcome that they're looking for. It's more results-oriented. And I think that right. while we are navigating back towards maybe this sense of, okay, well, this is what it was like before, and we're going to try to get back there. First off, there's no going back there completely anyway. But you can get this nice right. reasoned balance and harmony between it where, you know, the Monday meetings may not necessarily have – it's just like a check-in on a Monday. You just check in and say where you're at. Right. And so the – and the demands can be altered. So, I mean, I think that that's going to prove to be fascinating, especially when it comes to chronotypes, but also like the energy part of it, because I think that that's, that's a piece and you cover that in the book, like this energy piece, I think it's huge. Yeah. It's really interesting when you start to kind of think through it. I, I've been, you know, it's no longer for me about time management. It's about energy management. Right. And so if you think about it like that, if you think about it, like I don't, I'm not going to book something based on what time that that schedule needs to happen. I'm going to base it on when my energy is going to be at the right place for me to really take advantage and get that level of efficacy, get that level of productivity that I'm looking for. And so with the book, what we did was we went one step further. So with the power of when it was, okay, there's certain times during the day where you're going to be better at certain things than others. And and 100% true, 220 studies in the book, like we nailed it. It was awesome, to total fun, lots of things that you can learn about yourself. And then the epiphany happened, which was I, Stacy and I, so my co-author Stacy Griffith is the founding trainer of a company called SoulCycle, which does the you know indoor bicycling uh, things. She's They've got places all around the universe. Okay. Um, and um, she's amazing, tons and tons of energy. And she was helping me with my training and I was helping her with her sleep. And um, lo and behold, um, we both came to the same conclusion when we were talking about the people that we help, which was everybody's so freaking exhausted all the time. Like why, if you're sleeping on your chronotypical mm -hmm. schedule, why are you still exhausted? Or if you're, if you're doing her spin classes, why are you still exhausted? And so we, we really wanted to do a double tap on that and kind of dive in. And I said, well, how do you how can you tell when you're training somebody if they should do a spin class or they shouldn't? And she was like, that's easy. We do it based on body type. And I was like, I remember body type from high school, <laughs> right? Like high school biology, like endomorph, mesomorph, ectomorph. Like, are you talking about that body type? And she was like, absolutely. And then it was just like the light bulb went off. And I was like, what what do you think would happen, Stacy, if we combine body type and chronotype? Because they're both genetic, right? And, and it turns out that your body type actually tells you a lot about your metabolism, um, which wasn't something that I had ever learned back in high school when I was learning about body types. But, you know, the long and lean ectomorphs, um, they have a fast metabolism. The mesomorphs, kind of the more V-shaped folks, they have a medium metabolism. And then the endomorphs, a little bit on the thicker side, they have a slower metabolism. And by the way, it doesn't have to do with your weight necessarily. You can have um, a medium metabolism and be very, very heavy because you're over consuming calories, right? And so 
Once we started talking about that, I said, well, let's do a survey. So we, so the good news is we've had over a million people take the chrono quiz. So we, we went out and we said, is anybody interested in learning more about their body type, metabolism, things like that? And so we had them take the body type quiz and then it got really interesting. And we learned that people's body type lines up very interestingly with their chronotype and it taught us which types of exercises they would be more likely to do. So you and I are wolves, right? We're, we're night people. Yep. We're, and to be clear, it's not like we love exercise. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but most wolves would much <laughs> no, rather stay up and, ha and hang out than go for a run. Um, and, and, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's as traditionally as a wolf, that's not our thing. What's even more interesting is if, it, if you're a wolf and you're an endomorph body type, you're almost doomed to obesity because you hate exercise and the exercises that you try, you don't, you fail. You don't succeed at because you try the right. things that everybody tries. You try to go for a two mile run when there's no way you could ever accomplish that or do an hour long spin class when you really shouldn't be starting with that. And so what we're doing is we're actually educating people saying, okay, you can move. You don't, you don't have to run a marathon. You can move and we're going to teach you how to do that. Keep energy all day long. You can sleep. We're going to give you a schedule for that. And then the third one had to do with nutrition. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. There's about a million books out there on nutrition, okay? And you can be a vegan, mm -hmm. a vegetarian, yep. a paleo, a keto, a Mediterranean. I mean, my Lord, you could be just about anything. Um, and so we didn't want to walk down the path of telling people what to eat, okay? Because there's so many differences there for people. Um, but we were very comfortable with telling people when to eat and for how long to eat. So it turns out that based on your chronotype, you can do intermittent fasting at a changed schedule. And based on your body type, it tells you how long the fast should be. So the math all of a sudden works out really, really well. And we teach people intermittent fasting for a certain portion of the day, movement for five times for five minutes a time. So yep. you're only talking 25 minutes of movement. You never even break a sweat, just to be clear. And then go to bed when I tell you to go to bed. That's it. Like, that's the whole program. And I swear to you, dude, it works. What I've loved about the work that you did in the Power of Winning is the framing. Like, it's a framing device, right? And I think that right. that's, people need frameworks and they, they need they need the the a level of constraints, but they need flexibility within it, which which is there. Like, and, and mm -hmm. but the understanding of this is the best time to do this sort of thing. Now, with the when you've added the 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 body type and the and the nutrition type and the exercise, and by the way, what I like about this is it's structured very similarly to the power of when. It's like, okay, are you this type? Well, then this is your schedule and this is right. what you should do. And the different types of exercises, which we'll get to what the, the five types are. But what I want to yep. do first is I want to mm -hmm. tell you that when you did the survey, there was a certain outlier that, that didn't necessarily, you're like, we don't really, we didn't explore this one to the nth degree because not many people fell into it. I fall into it. I am. Are you a fast a, wolf? fast wolf i'm a fast wolf <laughs> my wife hates it my wife is like i could go like i've started personal training again and i can drop weight fast if i cheat wow. if i make a slight diet change i can drop weight fast um i still don't like exercising so i'm i'm, I'm very much like a wolf like that like i don't <laughs> like the exercise portion but when i go it frustrates the hell out of my wife because she's like how in the hell i'm like yeah look do you see my like and she goes yeah how like how I'm like, well, I just stopped eating this and I went and did the gym thing. And now it's like, I didn't really have to like th 
two, three weeks later, it's already like very clear. So I'm wondering, because there might be other people when they go through the book and they read it, they're like, I do fall outside of that. To me, it feels like probably mm-hmm. the medium wolf schedule is probably the way I would go. Uh, it w- although with the fasting Absolutely. being the fast, which is the sure. 12 on 12 off. Does that sound about right? Sure. So also, as we get older, our metabolism has a tendency to slow. Mm-hmm. So that's another factor to keep in mind. I would say that as a fast wolf, uh, what you would do is you could follow the uh, the medium wolf schedule um, okay. and not have any issues with it whatsoever from a fasting perspective. It's still the same time. It's a 14-10 split. So, um, right. So 14 hours of fasting, 10 hours of feeding for medium. Uh, I think you would be fine with that. The big factor though, is if you start to lose more weight than you're comfortable with, then I would extend Mm. it out to a 12 and 12. All right. Perfect. So let's go into the exercise types because we've talked about the, we've talked about the chronotypes before, which by the way, when we talked about this last time, we, you did tell me, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm almost positive that our chronotypes can change as we get older. Right. But body types won't. Right. Correct. Correct. So, so there's an adaptation that you have to get through, right? And so as we get older, our melatonin production begins to slow and becomes a little bit earlier, which pushes all the chronotypes a little bit earlier. So if you're a wolf, meaning like a night owl, then you may become a bear, kind of like a middle of the day type of person. Getting up at 730 is, uh, is acceptable to you. I've got some people who go from being a, a night owl to being an early bird based on this new melatonin uh, production uh, schedule. So definitely things change. But your body type does not really change all that much. If anything, it slows down just a little bit from a metabolic standpoint over time. Um, mm-hmm. But the movements that we've been able to identify for each person are things that will be consistent. And here's basically the framework, since I know frameworks are um, important uh, and people really can hang their hat on a framework and then follow it and, and work well with it. That's how I work personally the best. Yeah. Um, we start, everybody starts the very first movement time with a stretch. So we have different stretches for people depending upon how physically fit you are, medical uh, issues, injuries, things of that nature. But the fact of the matter is, is your body has been in a bed or in a supine position for somewhere between six, seven, eight hours. It needs to stretch, right? It doesn't need to go for a run. It needs to stretch. Right, right. <laughs> um, and you've and talked so, about that. You've talked about this with chronotypes too, like getting up yeah. in the first thing and going and giving some heavy, heavy lifting is not ideal generally, no. right? Easiest way to injure yourself is to not warm up your body. And so right. number one, we want to stretch our body for the day. So, and again, it's a five minute stretch. We give several different ones based on what, what you feel comfortable with. The next three movement uh, times and movements are slightly different. And so first one is basically when you wake up in the morning, then it's kind of a mid-morning. We ask you to set your phone alarm at like, I don't know, maybe 10.30 or so, depending upon what time you wake up. And this one for many people is actually called a shake. Um, And so this is where you actually shake your hands, shake your arms, shake your legs. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. It seems very silly (laughs) to try to sit there and shake, okay? I'm just letting you know. But we've got some real data behind it. I don't, if you've ever seen, for example, an animal, when they get up from a lying position, what do they do? They shake themselves off, again, to wake themselves up. Remember, our goal here is consistent energy throughout the day. Right around 1030 is when we're starting to see that decline uh, starting to occur for your mid-morning. So giving yourself a shake can really be very beneficial. 
The, the next movement category that we go to, which usually happens around one-ish, um, is bounce, right? Bounce, Michael, what are you talking about? Literally jumping up and down, jumping jacks, skipping, things like, I was skipping down my, uh, my street the other day feeling absolutely ridiculous, but having so much fun, like the amount of energy, just being outside and move, like I was like, holy cow, I haven't skipped since I was like six, you know, like mm -hmm. this is kind of fun, but it brings about that level of energy. Again, five minutes, nothing big. You can, I, sometimes I'll just do jumping jacks in my, in my office, right? You know, a couple of sets of jumping jacks, again, not to the point of sweating, but to the point of awakening myself, right? Right. The third category and again, these get mixed up based on your body type a little bit, um, is called build. Um, and so build actually has to do with muscular build. Like we've got to keep the muscles toned, so, but we don't have to do these massive workouts, right? And so there could be push-ups, there could be sit-ups, there could be a couple of other building types of exercises. Again, not to the point of being uncomfortable, but just being to the point of waking up your muscles. And then everybody ends with the same category, which is balance. Um, and this is my favorite category uh, for multiple reasons, but the biggest one is you can incorporate it into your evening routine. And when you're trying to do a tree pose standing next to your bed, you can't think of anything else. And it really helps settle your brain and kind of get you back to center before you begin to sleep, right? So that way your brain isn't going a million miles an hour and then you're just trying to switch it off. You've really kind of centered yourself. You've done a few balance exercises to kind of bring it in a little bit. And that's it. I mean, it's it's very straightforward, super simple, but it works. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. 
Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Can we talk a bit about the energizers, like the emo energizers and things that drain you? Because I think that uh, we talk about the, 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 you bring up the energy diary in the book, which I think is really important because some people, especially if they haven't explored some of the stuff you've talked about in the power of when, like right. if you haven't looked at that, then that's going to be super helpful. I mean, I, I have a sense and, and you, you share examples of yours in there as well as, yes. you know, you share, you share those in there. So, um, the energizers, like the things that both energize. And then there's also the draining, the energy draining things. Let's oh, touch yes. on those a bit, because I think those are the things kind of like the biases that can get in our way of actually getting things done. Like the things that we believe to be like, those things can show up those cognitive biases. Oh yeah. Energy stuff. Like these things can try to derail us. Cause frankly, at the end of the day, that, that preconceived notion of, Oh, I don't have time to stretch. I don't have time to do this stuff. Like I don't have time to, um, and you do, like you say, you have agency over your energy, energy right. management versus time management, energy. I mean, time moves on whether you want it to or not. Energy, you have agency over you. You can leverage yes. it. So let's talk about those. Yeah. So I love the fact that you're double tapping on these because these are the ones that are actually easy to deploy when you need them. So what we call emo energizers or emotional energizers, big one, laughter. Um, a lot of people don't think about it. I have my son send me jokes um, and I will actually, it, it sounds ridiculous, but no. he sends me the goofiest jokes sometimes and you just start to chuckle and then all of a sudden you're in a good mood, <laughs> you know, like it kind of doesn't matter what's happening, you know, in the world sometimes when somebody tells you a funny joke um, and you can do that. Um, for, for some people, um, laughter might not be their thing. Uh, for some people, music could be their thing. Um, like I got to tell you something when I listen to the beastie boys playing, you got to fight for your right to party. When I'm about ready to go on my run, I run faster. I'm yep. more excited. I mean, I'm old school <laughs> or, you keep, um, or you keep going or you keep going. Right. Like I listen to pro wrestling tunes because I see the energy around the pro wrestlers. I listen yeah. to that. It keeps me going. It pumps me up, but it also is like, okay. This is this is like energizing. So it, it's not just the catalyst, but it's the thing that can sustain you too, right? Absolutely. And 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 you can utilize that in, in very unique ways. You know, you can be rewarding yourselves with emotional energizers to get you through something that you may or may not want to do. Um, unfortunately, there is the other side mm -hmm. of it, which are the uh, what I call the emotional vampires. Um, and, and we all know who they are. Okay. Everybody has got at least one person in their life that just sucks the life out of them, right? Just mm -hmm. every time you talk to them, they're, you know, they're negative. Um, their life is terrible. They, they can't catch a break. You know, they're probably going to ask you for money, you know, like on and on and on and on, right? And so if that's a person that you have to have in your life, then limit that time or yeah. have that time be when you are emotionally above that, right? When you've got so much energy that they can't deflate 
you in your in your energetic pursuit of being able to maintain that level of of consistent energy right let me throw something in there real quick because also mm-hmm. the platform you use to engage with them can also be helpful too so i have somebody in my life that if i get on the phone with them their mm-hmm. voice their the 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 tone yes. can be draining but when i text 100%. them it's very it's different because that stuff doesn't get conveyed as easily so i can i can i still choose the right time to do it because i know mm-hmm. that because there's still that association there, but I'm not as adversely affected because I'm not as less of my senses are being affected by it, I guess is probably the best way to put it. Absolutely. You know, there's also a section in the book where we talk about um, your ability to deal with negativity, which I think is one of something I'd love to double tap on just for a second here with your audience, because it's not like we can all be positive all the time, every minute of every day. It just doesn't freaking work that way. Uh, I'm sorry, but life kind of gets in the way of that. There's some very interesting data looking at people with high EQ or emotional intelligence. One of the things that they do is they they not only it's not that they say, I'm going to turn everything negative into positive. In fact, they accept when negative things happen and they don't stress about it. And that turns out to be the key to moving through the negativity, because if you if if all you're going to do is get stuck on it and complain about it, you're not going to get past it. But if you can think of yourself as the emotion, feeling it and then moving, accepting it and moving through it, then you move on and it doesn't have nearly the negative consequences from a health perspective, from a sleep perspective, from a metabolic perspective that we would normally see. So try not to get stuck into that negativity, but say, okay, it's temporary. It's something that I'm going to live through. Time will march on. I know I've got my next energy hump coming up so I can shake, move, bounce, or balance and move on. It's very interesting, but for a lot of people, they're they're starting to use this almost as a therapeutic intervention for them to help keep them going. What I love about the book uh, as well that you, you and Stacey have put together is, yes, you have the schedules. Yes, you have the exercises. Yes, you have all that. But do you also have those things like resting energy and all these things that like what you just talked about, like the idea of dealing with negativity, because what I find, and I think that, that the way you frame the book in such a way, it, it allows you to say, okay, here's the framing. Here's base. Listen to your body clock. Listen to your, listen to your body type. Yeah. And then when you do that, all these other things, you're going to figure out when, where, how, like all those things there le- there's less friction in resolving them because you've got these waypoints that are already established and i think that that you mentioned this in the 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 book like don't skip these chapters to go right to you know like here's right. who you are and here's because the the philosophical or the the story stuff is super powerful because other because we're human we're human beings. So the, yeah. the while the frame allows us to go, okay, here's a structure, because we all love structure. Structure is important. Right. But the story that we tell ourselves that get told that gets told to us, we, we can use the structure to help navigate that, which I think yes. is really important. Was that was that something that you and Stacy were like, we need to do this because we don't want this to become like this you know, automaton kind of situation. We want it to be like, here's Here's what you should do based on our research, and here's what this will allow you to do. So it was really a combination of things, but the biggest one was um, at the very beginning of the book writing process, we both sat down and I was like, well, what does energy mean to you? 
Mm. And she told me, and it was my, it was more on the movement side and some of the emotional side. And for me, energy had a lot to do with sleep and um, fasting and metabolism. And so we, we realized very quickly, we had very different definitions of energy. And then, then we just kind of said, well, maybe energy has got multiple definitions to it. Let's, let's jump in. Yeah. The gaps, the gaps were there. Yeah. You, you filled You each had gaps you could fill. Totally. Right. And so we were like, let's explore this and understand more. And, and when you start to think about it, I mean, we kind of surveyed some people like, what does energy mean to you? Like when you have good energy, how does that feel? What are things that make you feel like you have energy? Music was a big one. People, people really identified with, I have this song that I can play and it does something for me. It either focuses me or puts me in a good mood or helps me motivate. And that was, you know, that, that taught us a lot about external and emotional factors for energy. And then of course, you know, fuel being nutrition that had to fuel energy. And of course, rest, we know that the body is actually not really resting. I mean, it's resting, but it's really metabolically speaking, almost more active when we sleep than when we're awake at certain times. Mm -hmm. So it just, we just kept learning more about and opening up the definition of energy um, because I don't think it should be hemmed into a specific, um, it's too big. Right. I mean, right. like right. there's a million types of energy, right? Solar, nuclear, electric, gas, right? There should be a lot for humans as well. As, as we get close to wrapping up here, uh, one of the things that I know is going to come across, because I get this with my clients and I'm sure you get it with yours, is how do I get the results fast? Like when is this going to all work? When does this all come together? Right. Right. Um, number one, uh, two parts to this. Number one, uh, how should they go about this without overwhelming themselves all at once? Because I think that's a big thing. People want to yep. solve the problem. They want that quick and there's no magic pill, but they definitely want to like do it all. Right. And then all of a sudden one thing doesn't work and the whole thing falls apart. Right. And then the second thing I want you to kind of touch on is how long does this tend to take before it really takes hold before it's like, yep. Oh, this is now habitual. Yep. So um, according to BJ Fogg, a dear friend, it takes 21 days to establish a habit. Um, and I think he's pretty close on that one. I've, the program is designed to do it for 30 days. Um, and, and, what, and so that's the time period that we've tested where people report to us from an energetic perspective. Because as you noted, we actually ask people to keep an energy diary throughout the right. day. So what are the times of day where I have energy and what are the times of day where I don't? And that within that 30 day time frame, that's when we see we're moving that needle to the positive side um, in those valleys of energy that people are having. So it takes about 30 days. Um, and in the book, we actually give you ideas of which things to do when, like which week to do them. And if let's say you're doing a movement and it really isn't doing it for you, we have a more um, effortful version and a less effortful version. So you can actually kind of decide mild, moderate, you know, severe types of, you know, exertion. What do you want to do there? So we really do feel like we can fit it in for people. But roughly 30 days is where we see we really start to see the results. Um, but I will tell you, around the two-week mark, that's when you really have to kick those motivational uh, gears in because it's very easy after 14 days to be like, okay, I'm seeing a little bit, but I'm not quite seeing exactly what I want to see. I don't know if this thing really works for me. Wait it out. Trust me on this one. It takes that time period. Really takes 21 days to get your chronotype and that kind of chronotypical swim lane going. So that's a big, big factor. Usually the nutrition snaps quick, 
right? And so within the first week or so, you can figure out the nutritional component. The second week is where the movement seems to really fit for people. The third week is where the sleep really falls into line. And then by the fourth week, it's all humming together. And that's when it works. It's interesting because for me, it's almost like the the schedule because of, of me and my relationship with time. I think the sleep, the, the schedule. Mm-hmm. Then I think for me, what's interesting is the timing of the fasting I can do pretty yep. easily um, because of the type of body type that I am, right? Like oh. the fact that I'm like, all right, well, I just I guess I just don't eat until this time of day. The, the five exercises, again, they're time oriented. So I, but what I always will struggle with, I think, is the actual choice of the nutrition, is the choice of food, is the mm-hmm. like tonight we're having pasta for dinner, Michael. Like that's what we're yeah. going to have. And so and, and but and that's the thing is I think people need to have some grace along the way and it's going to be oh, yeah. nuanced for every single person. So, um, again, today it was funny. I didn't have my I mean, I knowing I was going into this conversation with you, I'm like, OK, well, let's not have that cup of coffee first thing in the morning and let's do this. Th-. And it was interesting because it. It landed, but there was a part of my brain going, well, what about the ritual of the grinding of the coffee right. and all that stuff? So there is a bit of deprogramming that, that has 100%. to take place or shifting. But start if I just start there, if I just start with mm-hmm. the, I'm not going to have that cup of coffee, I'm going to replace right. it with this glass of water, to start along with the framing of the schedule – by day 21, my brain goes, okay, well, I guess I just don't have coffee now until like the brain will eventually, it's that stupid primitive freaking yep. uh, part of your brain that goes, no, wait, this is what, how do I survive without this? As opposed to the re- higher reasoning that goes, no, 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 just it, it'll be fine until eventually like there's that constant war, which drives everybody nuts, but we're always going to face it. So having framing helps because and and data. I, I was listening to a Brene Brown interview with uh, Neil. Pistrigio. She's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had a chance to see her speak before at the World Domination Summit back before she like basically took over the world. <laughs> but but I mean, her and Neil. She was talking about her mentor and her mentor when she was doing um, qualitative data study at, her, at you know in university. Her mentor said it'd be great if the story was all that could work, but they also need the data, the quantitative. And what I like about your work. Um, and what you've done in this book is you've meshed qualitative and quantitative together in such a nice way that it makes people go like that makes the people who want the story go thank you and that they don't and and they get the benefits of the data but it gets the data people to go oh the data I can follow right. that and the story follows so again kudos to you to you both you and you and Stacy for putting this together because it lands and well, I and I think that again. This is a process, right? I think that's right. the biggest thing is this is the journey and not the destination. And if you nope. keep that in mind, I think it works. Am I, am I on base with that? You're 100% on track with that. And, and you know, writing a book like this is fun, um, to be honest with you, because we get to bring in science and then get MacGyver and get all practical and find fun ways and things that people can do. And, and, and you know, I really appreciate I mean, that makes my heart feel good that it lands for you because that's exactly what we're trying to do because some of these these are some of these are extremely complicated topics um, and extremely complicated you know methodology and so the goal my goal is always to create bite-sized pieces that are actionable for people I don't want to dumb anything down I've never dumbed anything down I think the public uh, doesn't require that I think what they require is almost a translation into practicality and so I feel like this book does a great job of that. And I want to thank you for that great compliment 
um, because I appreciate it. It's, uh, it takes a lot of work to write a good book. <laughs> the book is called Energize. Go from dragging ass to kicking it, which is an awesome subtitle, in 30 days. <laughs> uh, where can people pick up the book and where can they keep up with you and your work? Sure. So um, I'm super easy to find the book. If you go to energizemyself.com, um, you can uh, order the book there. And we have a special pre-order program where it's videos of Stacy and I walking you through the whole thing. Uh, those are going to be up soon. So we're really excited about that for people to be able to do that. Um, also, if you just want to follow me in general, uh, I'm at thesleepdoctor.com. If you haven't figured out what your chronotype is yet, you're going you're gonna to want to go to chronoquiz.com. That's probably an easiest place to find me. And then, of course, on social media, I have the handle of the sleep doctor as well. And here's the craziest part, Mike. I'm now TikTok famous. I have a video on TikTok. I, I know, dude. Like, wow. I have a sleep tip on TikTok. I think they're calling me this. The, the TikTok sleep doc or something crazy like that. Um, and so so we're giving people great information there as well. Um, and also I, I've got a product guide coming out for people. People are a lot of times curious about, hey, Michael, you know, what are the things you recommend to your patients or what are the things that you use? We've got a product guide coming out that I encourage people to check out as well. Well, from one wolf to another, thanks so much for taking the time to have a productive conversation with me today. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Looking forward to it and wishing everybody out there sweet dreams. The doctor always delivers. Thanks to uh, Dr. Bruce for joining me on the program again today. You can pick up the book uh, and find out everything that you need to know through the show notes, which you can find either on the podcast apparatus that you are listening to this podcast through right now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, what have you, or go to productivityist.com slash podcast 401 and everything that you need is there. If you want to support the show while you're on this podcast apparatus, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it too if you'd like, but that way you won't be missing any of the episodes to come. Plus you can find the older episodes in the archives, perhaps even the episode where Dr. Bruce and I talked before about chronotypes. Uh, you will also be able to quickly access next week's episode featuring Wes Kao as we talk about building cohorts and and, and the, the future of e-learning and all that stuff. That's going to be another productive conversation that you don't want to miss. That's what's happening next week. Another way to support the program is to visit our sponsors. If you go to our sponsors page, uh, you can find all of the sponsors that we talked about on today's program, as well as past sponsors of this podcast as well. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to me and uh, my guest have a productive conversation. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. I'll see you later.